0: Welcome in everybody to a new episode of the Pocket Aces Podcast. My name is Doug, glad to be back with you. I feel like it's been a while since we've done a uh, an actual podcast episode other than just the uh, emergency episodes because of breaking news that we've had going on, but um, a lot to cover today. Unfortunately, uh, Sean unable to join me again. Um, everything is lifted here in New Jersey, but just based on the timing of when I wanted to get this episode recorded, Sean couldn't make it. I'm hoping to get him back for another episode in the video very near future i feel like it's been forever since i've had him on in all honesty now that it's july it's probably been like a year um since he's been on an episode with me but um we'll definitely try to get him back in soon but a lot to cover today As you can see by the title of this episode, it is titled The Lights. Lights are back on, and uh, Atlantic City is back in almost full capacity, and we'll call it 95% capacity. Uh, Borgata not open just yet, but we'll get back to that. Obviously, the big news was uh, back in late June or so. um, At the time that I announced the... uh, that I had the emergency episode of Atlantic city reopening. Um, the plan was to reopen July 3rd. That's when they were allowed to open. Obviously some properties opened July 2nd, some, i uh, sorry, some properties opened July 3rd. Some properties decided to open on the second or on the, uh, or on the fourth. It, it really varied based on the property. They all got to, they all kind of opened at their own different times. Borgata, of course, being the only one that decided to hold out, um, and rightfully so now that it looks like they're going to be reopening. I'll get to that shortly, but obviously a lot of restrictions in place. Um, When it was originally announced that they had to be open, that they could open, it was decided that um, obviously had to operate at 25% of the capacity of the casino floor, which apparently still is like 2,000 people on each casino floor. So um, it still very much leaves room for the a, a lot of space on that floor to be taken up by a good amount of people. I mean, two, three thousand people at 25% capacity Two three thousand people is a lot of people when you think about it. So, um, obviously the big news that came out not long after my emergency episode was that literally, I believe it was the Monday of the week Atlantic city was allowed to reopen. They announced no indoor dining in New Jersey and that apparently there's, that's not going to happen anytime in the near future. Um, so all of the casinos kind of had to, you know, hit the brakes really quick and kind of decide what they wanted to do, because um, now there's no food allowed on the casino floor. There's no restaurants allowed to be open. There's, uh, or at least open with seated uh, patrons. You're not allowed to drink or smoke on the casino floor. I believe there's no alcohol. Not even sales. There's no alcohol consumption on the floor. Um, you know, obviously you have to wear masks and everything. But the big thing was no seated dining at the rest at the casinos and now obviously all the casinos kind of have things that they're doing um a lot of casinos have seating outside you know so resorts for example obviously you've got land shark bar which was open anyway when the casinos weren't open because it's not inside the casino but they have margaritaville they have seating outside for margaritaville they have seating outside for um the asian restaurant that's there i Don't know if Capriccio has outdoor seating or not, but all of the places at most of the casinos down there, you can do takeout and eat in your room or something like that. I know um, down at Caesars, Guy Fieri's Chop House um, has outdoor seating. Um, Hard Rock Cafe, you can sit in the outdoor section, uh, on the boardwalk to be able to eat there. I believe Council Oak Fish has outdoor seating as well. I I may be wrong on that. I'll have to double check, but all of the casinos, luckily coming up with alternatives to be able to feed people and to be able to sit people down, obviously not inside, but outside. So they really, I really have to commend the casinos for, um, really in the at the 11th hour having to make that change and they all seem to adapt to it really really well now obviously the the main thing that appears to be holding Borgata back was that they weren't they didn't want to open because they didn't have dining options available so obviously it was just recently announced Borgata will be opening around July 26th or so so about 10 days from now they're going to have a two to three day preview for um their upper level, uh, customers, their, their high level, um, card holders. And I think also like family and friends of, uh, of employees or something like that, they're going to have a short two to three day preview before they fully reopen. And from some of the articles that I've been reading online, one of the articles that I specifically read was Borgata expected, announced reopening July 26th after securing expanded, uh, dining options. So the more I think about it, I think, okay, that makes perfect sense. Borgata, like, none of the restaurants at Borgata have the ability to seat people outside. I mean, I really had to think about it, and I'm like, Borgata really doesn't have that much ab- ability to seat people outside. They have the beer garden outside. But you can't put people at Bobby Flay Steakhouse outside. They're not really near outside. You can't put people at Angeline outside. It's not like they have exterior Uh, entry and exit ways into these restaurants to have outdoor patio seating it's just not possible for 99% of the restaurants at Borgata so they did secure some outdoor seating it looks like they put some things into place to be able to have outdoor seating for restaurants and they'll be reopening so if that truly was the reason why Borgata decided not to open right away because they had to come up with ideas it makes perfect sense like I said, the more I think about it, and if you take the time to think about it and you think about the layout of Borgata, you really say to yourself, wow, yeah, there is nowhere for outdoor seating. It's just not built that way. I don't know how Harris is doing it because Harris doesn't really have a whole lot of outdoor space as well. Gold Nugget, the other casino over there on the marina, obviously does because they already have a. a couple of outdoor seating areas for restaurants that are there already back in the back on the marina there so they're able to make it work but i don't know how harris is doing it but if that's the reason borgata decided to hold off on opening because they wanted to come up with some options i applaud them for that as well because obviously you don't want to reopen and just have people if if people are going to strictly come in to gamble that's not gonna that's not gonna fully happen. You want to be able to seat people to feed them. A lot of people just go to the casinos to eat. I mean I, I do it sometimes. I go down to Atlantic City sometimes just to go to dinner somewhere down there. It's not very far for me. It's a 30-minute drive, and 30 minutes of a drive is nothing. So it's not always about the gambling. So if Borgata did decide to wait again, I'll say it again, I applaud them for trying to come up with some options rather than just jumping the gun and instantly deciding to open because it probably would have hurt them um, more than it had helped them. So um, so again, I, I applaud them for that and I really do applaud all the casinos for being open now for, I guess it's been about two weeks since they've reopened. and um, From what I understand, for some people that I know that have been down there, apparently it's been not as crowded as one would think, but still... They're they're bringing business back in and they're doing okay. I don't know if the numbers – obviously the numbers wouldn't be posted yet because we have to wait till the end of the month for the, the, the numbers to be posted. I'm sure Press of Atlantic City will, will share that at the end of the month once the numbers come in. But just from some of the reports I've been getting from people that have been down there, it's it's more crowded than you would think it is from what I'm being told. There are more people down there than you'd think there would be. You would probably imagine giving everything going on in the world that a lot of people would not want to go into a casino with a lot of people. Well, apparently that's not the case. Apparently a lot of people have been going down there. I've heard reports of waiting in lines to check into hotel rooms, like waiting a long time to check into hotel rooms. And honestly, I know it sucks to wait in line to get in anywhere. I'm not the kind of person that likes to wait in line anywhere, but if there's a line of people trying to check into a hotel at a casino in Atlantic City, that's a good thing. That is a very good thing because that means people are going down there, staying there. And I think I said it in the emergency episode when they announced they're going to be allowed to reopen. I personally would have no problem going down there, checking into a hotel room, going into the hotel room, going out on the boardwalk, walking the boardwalk. Uh, you know, I would have no problem going down there, not gambling and just sitting in the hotel room, eating, having a couple drinks, walking the boardwalk, going in and out of some of the other casinos just to see what everything looks like I'd have zero problem doing that, and I'm going to be doing sort of that in a soon, and I'll get to that in a moment, but um, it's very interesting to hear some of the stories coming out of there. I think Ocean, I just saw last night that Ocean now has plexiglass glass barriers put up at all of the table games. I believe they're one of the first casinos down there to fully do that. I know uh, to this point they most of the casinos were not doing plexiglass barriers, um, but... It looks like Ocean just installed them. The only thing that, I can't even say irks me necessarily, but the only thing that's going to keep me from going down to Atlantic City to gamble and put me off from that until a later time is no poker rooms. Now, obviously, in the middle of all of this going on in the world right now, there is no way you're going to, there's no way that they are going to allow seven, eight, nine, ten people and a dealer sit within fingers length or arms length not even arms length literally sometimes fingers length away from other people it's just not going to happen it's not going to happen so god only knows when poker rooms are going to reopen but hopefully it's soon i think i mentioned it before and if i didn't um i'll say it again if i didn't i'll say it now i should say I am not going to go down to a poker room in Atlantic City and play four or five handed. I consider six handed because playing online on Poker Stars, most of the cash games on Poker Stars are six handed. I will not play four handed. That's just absolutely ridiculous. I'll play four handed in a home game with my friends when we're playing ten cent, twenty cent, or we're playing a uh, like a tournament style type of, of game. But I am not going to a casino and playing four or five handed. I will not. So. Obviously, it doesn't matter right now because none of the poker rooms are open, but let's keep the fingers crossed that they'll open somewhat soon. I want I want the poker rooms to reopen. I'd like everything to go back to as normal as possible very soon. And obviously, as soon as poker rooms do go, that is when I will definitely go down and, and start to consider gambling. So... Um, the other thing that I do, two more things that I want to mention about Atlantic City real quick. This is going to be a, a relatively shorter episode than, uh, than we've had in the past, but obviously the main topic being Atlantic City reopening here today. Um, I will be going down to Atlantic City in early August. I have a trip planned um, in early August, so that'll be my first time down there in August. A, what feels like forever. Um, I was down there in January for some friends of mine are in a band that played a show at a at a indie music venue down there. Um, didn't go into a casino, though, so I honestly can't remember the last time I went into a casino in Atlantic City. It feels like it's been forever. So I'm going down in early August. Uh, I'm going to go down. I booked a comp room at, uh, at the Hard Rock, one of my favorite places. They uh, offer me comps, weekly comps, for rooms down there, so... Um, I'll be going down for a night in early August and I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm looking forward to see what they have in place. Um, going to try to make a day of it going down early in the day. I'm going to sit, and relax on the beach. It's a, it's a, you know, just sit down, relax on the beach for the day, have a good time, check into the hotel, kind of, you know, clean up. You know, not trying to smell like beach and sand and ocean water. Um, clean up. Go out to dinner somewhere that night. I'll try to find try to find some place to 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 eat on the boardwalk, whether it's Land Shark Bar or whether it's Hard Rock Cafe somewhere. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. I. I Hard Rock is one of the places that offer me comps. I had a comp room booked for Memorial Day weekend down there, but of course that didn't happen. That was a total shot in the dark anyway. When I booked that, I had a feeling it wasn't going to happen, but I wanted to try to take a stab at it anyway. But um, Fingers crossed that a little less from a month from now, the casinos are allowed to be open still. Um, hopefully the state doesn't reverse back course on everything going on. So um, I'm looking forward to going down. I'll report on it. I'll try to maybe do a quick episode from the hotel room, but uh, I will try to report on everything that I'm seeing since it'll be my it'll be a firsthand account being down there in Atlantic City. Um, like I said, in early August, staying at Hard Rock. So I'll. Um, I know we promised. I know last year Sean and I promised we were going to do an episode from uh the one of the suites at the Hard Rock that we stayed in with some friends over a weekend last summer of course we never actually did that so I will try to keep my promise this time and try to do an episode even if it's a short episode I'll try to do an episode of uh the pocket aces podcast here uh live not live necessarily but I'll do it from the hotel room and I'll report on everything that I'm seeing while down there so very much looking forward to that and as always feel free if you uh if you like what you're hearing feel free to jump over to our Facebook page give us a like uh, And uh, subscribe on Facebook for uh, any notifications or any videos or anything that we post. Um, You can also like us on uh, SoundCloud, the main hub for all of our episodes. Uh, All of our past episodes that are no longer available on our streaming services are available on YouTube. So go ahead. Uh, hit the uh, subscribe button and the notifications button on YouTube, and uh, you'll be notified of any past episodes that are taking off of the streaming services. They are all going up as YouTube videos. So um, feel free to do that, and obviously we are on Apple uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, we are now on the iHeartRadio app, and we are now on the TuneIn Radio app as well, so feel free to check us out wherever you're listening. And... Um, Give us a like wherever you are, and we we'll hope you enjoy. So, the other bit of information that just came out yesterday in Atlantic City, as reported originally by David Danzas of the uh, Atlantic City of the Atlantic City Press Press of AC, um, is the uh, some really interesting news coming out from the uh, the Casino Control Commission regarding the El Dorado and Caesars merge. Um, I'll just uh, I'll just kind of read the the not the headline, but I'll I'll read you the the first paragraph here. Um, it says: Should state gaming regulators approve the proposed merger of Dorado Resorts Incorporated and Caesar's Entertainment Corporation, the newly formed company will have to adhere to several requirements, including lifting all current deed restrictions on multiple Atlantic City property, properties and committing to significant capital investment over the next several years. So, obviously, the first thing that comes to my mind. is – as soon as I see deed restrictions, the first thing that comes to my mind is showboat. Literally. The only thing that I took from that entire paragraph was showboat. Showboat, the word doesn't even appear in the article, I don't think. It may have, I didn't read the entire article, um, but obviously when I hear deed restrictions and Caesars equals showboat. And now that really makes it interesting because if basically what that's saying is if the casino control commission and all the New Jersey gaming regulators ever all the different things that has to go through to approve this merger if it's approved they have to lift all the deed restrictions in Atlantic City number one of which is showboat now it's 2020. Showboat closed in 2014, and the deed restriction was put on it by Caesar. So we're almost there. We're a little more than halfway there. Four more years still to go. Um, I know it was recently announced that Bart Blatstein um, released those, uh, those original mock up designs for a water park that they're going to build um, connected to Showboat. And I think that's awesome. I think that's great. I think that's really cool. Um, and obviously, I think it's the first time they've ever gone that far. I know they've. Announced, and there's been plans for water parks in Atlantic City before. There was, I think, three different water parks planned for Atlantic Club. But this is the first time that I can remember that there have actually been mock up designs, 3D models drawn up for an actual water park, indoor water park in Atlantic City. And it sounds like the groundbreaking on it is actually going to happen sometime soon. So I really do hope that it is possible and that it can work because it's a great family. It's a great family thing. You can bring a lot of family into that, a lot of families to that area. That's a relatively decent part of the boardwalk. You're right there in between hard rock and ocean. There's a lot of stuff to do at ocean. There's a lot of stuff to do at hard rock. There's the beach right there. It's a great place for that. And I would really like to see that happen. But I know for a long time Bart Blatstein has said he's going to also try to build an annex off of showboat on one of the properties that he owns that right next one of the bland plots of land that he owns, I should say to also have casino gaming. Well, this completely changes everything if the deal goes through the merger goes through and the New Jersey regulators approve it the deed restriction on Showboat for Gambling gets lifted. And that means instantly, instantly, I believe, I could be wrong, but to me that would pretty much mean that instantly, as soon as that deed restriction is lifted, Bart Bladstein could start moving in. Obviously, I believe he has to get a casino license first, which I think I reported on previously he was in the process of doing that. I don't remember if they approved him yet, but I know he had started the process. If that deed restriction gets lifted, and if he gets the gaming license. He can start moving in tables and he can, and um, tables and poker. Obviously I would love to see that poker room come back. That used to be one of my favorite poker rooms in Atlantic city. He can start moving in tables and slot machines instantly. And then you could finally have gaming back there. Does he want to have gaming there? Do you want another casino in town, especially with only being able to have a percentage of your occupancy rate in the, in the building at any time? I don't necessarily think so, but Once everything gets lifted, once everything goes back to 100% and people can eat inside and everything, I really think he would want to consider moving stuff in there and doing that. It obviously makes it a world easier if that deed restriction is lifted because then he doesn't have to build anything. But I really hope that he considers putting a casino in there, even if it's a small, you don't have to fill the entire casino floor, but just put a little, just put something back in there. I think that would be good. It would give people an option. So who knows, but that's just something that I wanted to talk about since I just saw that article yesterday and it really made me kind of think, I I don't quite remember any of the other deed restrictions in town. I I know when Caesars owned Atlantic Club, they put a deed restriction on Atlantic Club, but I don't think Caesars officially owns it anymore. I know TJM Properties owned it for a while. I honestly, that, that thing has attempted to change hands so many times, I don't remember who actually owns it right now, but um, I think it would be cool to have both a water park and a casino in there. It gives things, it gives families things to do, and you could make it exclusive if you wanted to. I, I, I don't know. You, you could do something like that. You could do, oh, yeah, you can gamble here, but you have to be staying here. Because, I mean, think about it. Everyone that gambles in Atlantic City already has their favorite place that they go to. And why would you just up and leave for showboat? So I don't really... I don't know. It's just something that just came to mind right now while I'm thinking about it. Because I know, for example, last summer I went to Nashville and I stayed at the, the Gaylord Opry Lane, which is the big hotel with the three atriums. There's one down in National Harbor, Maryland that I like to go to. And um, they just recently built an indoor water park on the – onto the hotel. And in order to get into the, in order to get into the water park, you have to be staying at that part of the hotel. So not only did they build a water park, they built an entire new wing of hotel rooms. So the only way to get into the water park is if you booked a room specifically in the water park section of the hotel. So you technically could do something like that with Showboat. In order to use the water park, you have to stay there in a hotel room or you whatever. You don't necessarily have to I think in Atlantic City that would be a bad idea now that I think about it. You want people to come in even if it's just for the day. But obviously you can get special access if you book a room and if you book a room you can gamble. I, I don't know, just I'm kinda just rambling right now. But anyway Just something that I thought about. Really interesting thing that I happened to read yesterday. So if if that merger does go through and it gets approved in the state of New Jersey, that deed restriction will be lifted and gaming technically will be allowed to resume at Showboat, I think, once Bart Blatstein gets a casino license. And if he plans to do that, obviously now he's going to save himself a ton of money because he's not going to have to build an annex for gambling. He's going to be able to just move it all right in. So very interesting. We'll see how that plays out. I still don't know... When they plan on approving that merger, that feels like they've been trying to complete that merger for like a year now, if not more. So hopefully it's soon. And it would be really interesting to see Show Gaming return back to Showboat by the end of this year, maybe even early next year. So obviously at this point, you just have to look forward to 2021 for anything to happen these days. So um, the... Other thing that I wanted to get into today, obviously right now, tech, right about now, every year we'd be talking about World Series of Poker. We'd be talking about main event because I think the main event would be going on, almost getting ready to conclude right about now. The main World Series of Poker would have been going on since late May at this point, but unfortunately it's not due to uh, due to the coronavirus. But the World Series of Poker is having a very large online um online event this year that started back on July 1st there's been a couple of really cool headlines that came out of it that I wanted to touch on um one of the big things before it started was that Danny Negrano put out the whole thing that he's guaranteeing he wins a bracelet and I think he's come close a couple times but fortunately he's not there just yet I would love to see Danny win a bracelet I don't care if it's online or not I would love to see him add to his bracelet total I think I think it's well deserved for him at this point um One of the other really cool headlines from the World Series of Poker online event this year was that older gentleman. Uh, I forget his name and I forget where he was from. I think he was from Nevada. He could be, but it was an older guy. It was his first time ever playing online poker. He had never played online poker before. I'm going to assume he had played poker before in live, but he decided to play online. He bought into an event and he binked the event. I thought that was really cool. He was an older guy. I remember I saw the video where his, uh, his family was around him and he got really excited when he won. I thought that's so cool. That's just a really neat story. Um, kind of going to prove that, you know, all those young budding online guys can't necessarily win them all, so I think that's I think that was really cool. And then one of the other stories was the guy up in North Jersey from New York. He's a poker pro um, who drove over from New York. Literally was like in the parking lot of a Wegmans or something like that, and won a bracelet just sitting in his car um, playing poker so that he could play within the state of New Jersey. I haven't I haven't played one yet. Um, I don't even have the World Series of Poker um, software. I play on Poker Stars. None of the events are really low enough for me. Um, they're all a little out of my price range personally. So um, it's something that I really thought to do. It would have been cool, but unfortunately, they're like I said, they're kind of all out of my price range. So um, it would be really cool to be able to say I played in a World Series of Poker event, but I'd, I'd rather save up and play in a real one in Vegas one day. So um, the other story, something that just happened the other day, ties into something I've said in the past. Um, Joe McKeon, former uh, main event World champion who won back in 2014 or 2015 i believe um he's a new jersey guy he won his third bracelet uh, in a $3,200 buy-in event that was called like a high roller event um his third world series of poker bracelet and i've i've said this before in a previous episode and i'll reiterate it i think joe mckeon is the most underrated pro poker player today in, in twenty twenty. The the man is just a the, the man is just a horse. He's a workhorse. I mean he won the main event a couple years ago which is the ten thousand dollar no limit hold'em and then a like two years ago I think it was twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen maybe even last year but recently since his main event win he also won the ten thousand dollar limit hold'em uh tournament at the World Series of Poker. So has anyone else done that? in the history of the World Series of Poker? I don't know. I should probably look that up. But I don't know if anyone's ever won both the $10,000 No Limit Hold'em and the $10,000 Limit Hold'em tournament. It, it, not, it's just, that's really cool to me. And I've always liked Joe McKeon. I think he's a really good poker player. I think he is Jamie Gold without the, without the, not the attitude. He's Jamie Gold without the, the not, the, not even the pop and circumstance. He just doesn't have the mouth. Joe McKeon, doesn't do a lot of talking. He he plays with his his eyes. And when he when he I remember when in his main event run, when he stared you down, it, it freaked a lot of people out the way he would stare them down. And um he plays a lot like Jamie Gold. He plays aggressive and tight at the same time and he kinda gets in your head and it's very difficult for you to know what he's doing because he does so many different things. You can never really know... I mean, he could be completely bluffing you and you have to think he has it. Or he could have you and you may think he's bluffing. So I think he's a lot like Jamie Gold. I just don't think he has the the mouth. He doesn't do as much talking as Jamie Gold did. I, I love I love both of them. Both of them are two of my favorite all-time main event winners. But Joe McKeon adding his third bracelet, and I think it's just remarkable, and I really think he's one of the most underrated. I think he is the most underrated poker player out there today. He doesn't get nearly enough talk. There's so many other guys out there that I hear so much about because they're so cool, and they play online, and they're on all these high roller events and blah blah blah. Like he Joe McCann is just awesome and I really think he's such a great poker player. He's someone that I would I would love to just sit down and get 10 minutes with him just to talk poker. Um fellow Jersey guy. So I would I would love that. So he won his third bracelet the other day in a $3200 buy-in online event for the World Series of Poker. So congratulations to him. Um wishing him all the best and obviously anyone playing in the World Series of Poker this year if it's online. Um, I wish everyone good luck, anyone out there that's going to play it. If you happen to listen to this and you're going to be playing it, I wish you the best of luck. So one other tidbit about the uh, World Series of Poker. It looks like they're still going to try to have a live event in Vegas sometime this fall, possibly. I thought I saw something recently that said they were going to maybe consider having it in early 2021 rather than in... You know, maybe have it in February or March. I, I can't necessarily confirm that. I thought that's something I saw online, but I know they're still trying to have a live event in Vegas in the fall. Maybe not at full capacity. Maybe not at the um, the full level in which they have it, where it goes on for like a month and a half. But. Um, I think it really would be interesting if we see the November 9 make a comeback. I know they've tried not to have a November 9 the last couple years because they just go right into it. Rather than playing to the 9 and then making them come back in November, they just do it right there in July. Um, I think it would be really interesting if the November 9 or the December 9 came back. Obviously, the wordplay doesn't make sense, but I think it would be really interesting if we see the World Series of Poker take place in Vegas in October, November. Um, Obviously, it's going to really depend on the state of the world at that point three months from now, but three or four months from now, but I think it would be cool if they could do it. Um, I know personally, I'd be more inclined to go to Vegas if the World Series of Poker was in uh, October or November for a number of reasons. It's not as hot or not as hot. I know it's still relatively warm out there that time of year, but it's not as hot. And also there's hockey. Of course, this year there might not be hockey until December um, based on the way the season's going to go. I'll get to that in a second. But in a normal year, There would be hockey in October, November, and it would be cool to have the World Series going on and to go see the Knights because that's the one thing I've always said to myself. When do I want to go to Vegas? Do I want to go in the summer when it's 110 and the World Series is going on, or do I want to go when it's a little cooler and the Knights are playing? So I think it would be cool. And even if it's just for this year, I think it would be cool to have a mini World Series of Poker event this fall and then have the full thing in May. You know, Let's say the World Series, let's say they end in December, five months later they have the the next World Series starts. I mean, I don't think anyone would complain about that. And if anyone out there would complain about that, I think you're crazy. So um, one other thing that I want to touch on real quick before we wrap it up here. I know I said it was going to be a shorter episode, but it looks like it's going to be about the same normal length. Um, we are finally going to get sports back here in just a couple of weeks. Uh, Major League Baseball is going to start up again next week, it looks like. Um, it's going to be the... 23rd and the 24th, somewhere around there, will be opening day for multiple teams. So a week from now, we will have uh, Major League Baseball, which I'm really looking forward to. Um, I'll get into all of the sports betting and stuff for that. As it returns, I'm still keeping my fingers crossed that they actually start next week. I feel like there's still a big question. Even though the schedule's out, even though they have it planned out, I feel like until the first pitch is thrown, I'm still going to worry that it's not going to actually happen. So um, The next episode... If Major League Baseball and the National Hockey League do start in the next episode, I will touch on all the sports betting figures from all that and whatnot. I haven't checked any of the odds yet for how it works, so we'll get to that. And then the other thing is, about two weeks from now, we'll have National Hockey League. We'll have hockey back uh, the 28th, 29th, and 30th of July. They're going to have some exhibition games. Obviously, here in South Jersey, a big Flyers fan, looks like the 28th. Is going to be a, an exhibition game against the Penguins. And then um, right around August 1st, August 2nd, everything will get started. Those round robin games will take place for the top seeds. The best of five rounds, uh, best of five uh, first round games will take place. So I'm excited. Two weeks from now, just two short weeks from now, we'll have hockey back. I'm really looking forward to it. And the same thing with baseball. Until that first puck is dropped on that exhibition game, I'm still going to worry that something's going to happen and it isn't going to take place. So. Um, fingers crossed that it's going to happen and we'll see. So hopefully on the next episode of, uh, of the pocket aces podcast, we can talk some hockey. We can talk some baseball. Basketball is going to start up again. We can talk about that. Uh, we're going to have some, uh, some of the golf majors are going to be starting up here in, in August, I believe August, September ish. So, um, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, we have some sports to talk about and, uh, obviously we'll continue to talk about Atlantic city and everything. Uh, maybe 10, ta- touch on the uh, conclusion of the World Series of Poker online event we'll talk about everything in gambling and sports as we always do and as always I appreciate you tuning in to this episode of the Pocket Aces podcast as always feel free to follow us give us a like on Facebook check us out on SoundCloud Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts the TuneIn Radio app and pretty much anywhere else you can listen to podcasts and as always uh, subscribe and hit the notification button on YouTube for all of our past episodes get uploaded on there and as always I appreciate you tuning in My name is Doug, and I'll see you next time on the Pocket Aces Podcast. Take care, everyone.